Creativity is an extension of the human experience. This wild, boundless seascape has been our anchor for our friendship and our sanity. This podcast is an exploration between close friends of storytelling and artistic expression. In this second sketchbook session, I am going to interview Rudo. We are approaching a huge milestone, her 40th birthday, which is coming up on the 22nd. <laughs> so I'm going to talk to her about her artistic explorations, um, kind of from formation to present, focusing predominantly on her fascination with drawing bodies and the figure in general, mm. her own involvement as a figure drawing model and educator, and of course, some origin stories of mythic proportions as usual. We hope you'll enjoy this little journey. <laughs> this is our second sketchbook series, and I'm loving the combination of deep thoughtfulness and kind of ephemeral, this is what's currently going on. I'm loving yeah. it. And it's like a little jaunt. Yeah. Um, yay. So let's just jump right in. Sure. Um, so I kind of want to start from the beginning as all stories start. <laughs> and I want to ask um, about your first I would say a memorable experience or moment of body appreciation, whether it was yours or someone else's, that kind of was the spark. Yeah. That figure into the forefront for you. Yeah. I recently just watched the movie Inside Out for like the umpteenth time. And I love the way that um, that movie presents the concept of like formative memories. Like they call them core memories. And for me, if I were to have like one of those glowing marbles of core memory for this particular subject or just in general, like what is a core aspect or what is like those personality cities of Rudo? And it's this moment in upstate New York at Lake George. Um, my father's best friend, had, um, his name was Robin Rappaport, rest in peace. His daughter, Lisa, um, is an artist. And I think I would have been around nine, maybe younger. And we were vacationing in Lake George at their house and she showed me her sketchbook because she was in school and uh, we just talked. And I think she really enjoyed that I was not a typical kid. Like I was still and calm and listened and something happened where she was showing me these figure drawings and they were these undulating lines. I could tell that they were bodies, but they were, she was capturing motion and there were these swirling ballerinas in different poses. And it was an a, uninterrupted line for each body, each moment. And I was just hooked from that point. It, it was world changing for me. And I remember her being really comfortable with her own body as well. Like she would get changed in front of me. And there was just this sense of like, confidence and comfort and no shame um and like her lack of conservative attitude i feel was really impactful for me as well like just bodies are bodies normalized it for me and my parents were really normal around nakedness as well which was great and as i matured as an artist i feel like that kind of just followed me that sense of of wonder with seeing what the body can do and what stories we can tell yeah. Such, that's such an amazing story. And just for context, how old were you about at that moment when you were having that experience with her? Yeah, I can't pinpoint it, but I'm thinking it was around nine. Okay. Wow. I mean, I just think that's huge because your brain is really forming at that time and it was probably became the fabric of your kind of your belief system or your artistic 
Oh, yeah. Language. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, so that's kind of like the the seed, mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> and did you like have any other before? Because we we're going to kind of like flow into purchase and nude modeling um, and drawing from the nude model because that's a huge part of being in art school. Yes. Um, was there anything in between as you journeyed towards art school where that was a, you had another experience that kind of helped build that or was it just kind of in the background at that point? Um, I think I've always tried to master things within art. So I remember having sketchbooks, just caught my parents constantly giving me sketch journals and I would fill it with like the three quarter face or the profile or the hand or, you know, I was really obsessed with drawing ballerinas, um, Mm. potentially because of Lisa, but like also just because it is all about form and line for a ballerina and movement (laughs) and movement. (laughs) And so I think it was continual. Like it never stopped. I was either um, trying to master something and then I, I mean, I'm an Aquarius, so I enjoy being unique and, you know, I, a lot of my friend group uh, moments, I was the artist, you know, so I loved showing people my sketchbook, but like in subtle ways, you know, like not walking around, like look at my work. I just be like, I sit down and just start drawing and be like, oh, you see that? Oh, uh, oh I just happened to pull it out. And they're like, you're so good. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, whatever. Well, that was your, that was your, your language. You were finding who you were. That's great. Yeah. yeah. So always, um, always a sketchbook. And then I started drawing my friends. I remember mm-hmm. um, having a sketchbook around the 14, 15, 16 year mark where mm-hmm. it was just purely filled with portraits, mm-hmm. like li- yeah. uh, observational portraits. Wow. Wow. So yeah, we get into like purchase. And as you, SUNY purchase, the, the art school we went to and you start taking classes and um, oh, even before that, I went to a summer school at Pratt oh, wow. Institute. Oh, right, you did. Um, and that was like a college prep workshop somewhere right. where you got. I, I had all the intro to the kind of studio foundational courses that I would be taking as an art student. It was like one of those wow. things that you do, like, oh, you want to be in, you want to be in art school? We'll send you to this, get you, get yeah. you a taste. And do you know who my portfolio review instructor was? I think I do know, and I'm super jealous. Tim motherfucking gun. I know. <laughs> this is like, I love that man. And I... When I saw him on Project Runway, I was like, no. I was with him. Yeah. I got to touch him. He he's, touched me. He's a great critiquer. He's Not in a, a bad great, way. I under- <laughs> he's wonderful. I still... I've always wanted to meet him and just talk he, to him. And he's exactly as, as he is on that he thing. Is. He is an incredible mentor, incredibly thoughtful, and incredible incredibly empathetic. I watched him tear up from people's stories. See, that's why I love him. I, I really, he's authentic and he is a real, I, I would love to have him look at my work. Mm. Um, he's just a, he's a wonderful artist and um, I guess he's an artist. I, I'm not sure if he makes things, but he's great at talking about art. And Indeed. Caring about people. That's a great experience. So you, you did a pre-purchase, yeah. to purchase, and then um, we started kind of talking about modeling. And so what was, what was the impetus for that? When did that start? Well, at Purchase, the visual arts program mandated you to take certain courses. And I believe that um, the drawing classes always had um, an element of live studio um, 
but then I became, you know, then you got to like tack on optional additional courses. And I fell in love with the way that Judy Bernstein would uh, cultivate a, a, a sense of community. So for her, um, group dynamic was just as important as learning environment. So she always made sure that people were speaking um, in a constructive way, behaving in a constructive way. She was not fond of disruptive or um, in, you know, uh, like ruptures. She would like look at something and see if somebody had done or said something that was purely cutting. Like there was no other function beyond this person is just being cruel. And she would cut it down. She would stop it immediately. She was like, well, that's not helpful at all. Moving on. I don't remember that, but... She did that I'm, a lot. Did she? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, just, I wish I remembered more of school, but I remember loving her. And she that's actually said, why. don't be a dick. Really? Yeah. <sighs> I wish I could have remembered that and internalized it because I needed to hear that. So I, I was always Amazing. enrolled in a course with her. And then I yeah. became her her teacher's assistant for one right. semester. I remember. And so I would... um. And we we were allowed to do kind of like night classes, like just like student run night classes. So we got to do, I remember organizing a few of those. It wasn't like, I wasn't very strong on the organizational level. I've always been a good cheerleader, but not necessarily strong in consistency and organization. I think I've fine-tuned that now, but um, back then I just remember helping out a lot with the nighttime classes. And then I remember the first time deciding that I was going to take my clothes off and let people draw me. Um, and it was not as scary. The lead up was scarier than the actual thing. And I remember the power of being seen as a magical artistic element to other people. Like when you brought me (laughs) into that, um, adult learning center, like artist co-op thing, was that in New fun. Rochelle? Was it in Newport? I, I don't remember. We had to drive a little outside of school. Yeah, it might have been another town. I feel like it was New Rochelle. And I don't know how I found it. I must have found it through. I just remember, I remember a few times being there and it was really fun. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for taking me to that because we ended up um, modeling together. Yeah. And I remember I had um, these long lock extensions of like felted yarn Mm -hmm. in my hair as my hair. And I remember I had put on kind of dramatic uh, winged eyeliner and I think I'd already had my broccoli tattoo. So I remember getting naked and like the majority of the people in the class were um, white silver haired women and they went, (laughs) and one of them as she was drawing me was going, you're a tigress. I I don't, you never told me that, or maybe I didn't notice, or I just don't remember. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. Just, oh, I think back about that. That is such a great experience. It's such a synergistic, uh, weirdly expressive role because yeah. especially and when prophetic. you- Yeah, you're right. That's what we're going to be talking about, but um, just like- uh, you know what they're looking for because you draw too. So mm-hmm. you, can, you can give that to them and also express yourself It's and you get paid for it. And it's great. It's very fun. I'm glad that we had that experience. Yeah. I think we also drew each other sometimes or I drew you sometimes. Um, for sure. Some of my projects. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I wish I had so, some of my artwork from college days, but yeah. I was adamantly 
um, against possessions. So I would throw away all of my work. Why do you think that is? Oh, I think it comes from a good philosophic standpoint of like not having any baggage. I remember being really impacted by that Erica Badu song, Bag Lady, and like mm-hmm. knowing that um, your possessions will weigh you down and that things have power over you. And that's only like, that's a choice. And me making a, a an assertive choice to not be weighed down by stuff. I understand that. But it's also incredibly bratty. Um, and I wish that I hadn't been as careless. Sometimes it's an excuse for being careless. Yeah, but it's also kind of part of who you are and you are a nomadic a little bit. So mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, something that I'm kind of thinking as I'm looking at this trajectory, because we're kind of, this is those formative stories we're talking about. And now we're kind of looking at you in more recent times, moving forward to now. Mm. And I kind of wanted to ask a question about your relationship with the human body. It could be yours, if you'd like to talk about yours or in general, but how has your relationship with the human body in a creative way changed over time as you have gotten older, as you've gone through different stages of your life, having a child, um, and how has that affected your your um, things you create and the things you draw? Yeah, that's a big, big question. Um, and I'm glad I've taken notes to kind of make sure that I touch on the things that are important to me. Mm-hmm. Because my relationship to my actual body is really complex. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been um, a victim of our modern society. And in some ways, when I mean modern, I mean the last couple hundred years where the beauty standards have been so incredibly misogynistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have internalized that most of my life. I mean, I have had to deconstruct it as an academic, as a as a philosopher, <laughs> as right. a deep, you know, like a deep, deep thinking activity um, yeah. to deconstruct beauty standards so that I actually am welcome within that zone of, of beauty. Um, my journey has a, a lot of um, going back in time and, and healing some of the things that I heard as a young child and trying to reframe them as um, this really important figure in my life was just trying to make sure that I wasn't an outcast, you know, because I think the human fear of um, being shamed or shunned is really strong and like a parental desire to not see your child suffer Mm -hmm. sometimes comes to the detriment of like letting them be who they authentically are. Mm -hmm. And so I've, you know, gone through so many different diet culture um, issues, yo-yoing, um, I lost my passion for performing arts and theater because I didn't fit the body type of that particular aesthetic. I wanted to be lead roles. I didn't want to be, you know, the shitty B <laughs> parts, which, you know, that's dumb because sometimes the B parts are the most interesting. But um, being my own figure model definitely helped me reclaim my sense of worth. Um, but nothing was as big of a catalyst as motherhood. And that was a game changer. I knew before that, before I got pregnant, because I was in a same-sex relationship, everything is about planning. You don't just accidentally have a kid. <laughs> so, right, right. Um, I was like, okay, so I'm going to prepare myself for motherhood, um, leveling up, you know, not having wounds that I was going to project onto this kid, um, not having my, 
uh, weaknesses hinder my ability to be the best um, home life for my kiddo. So I ended up kind of fast tracking my therapeutic journey around my, like, the people who were supposed to love me unconditionally, I had to like go back and make sure that I saw the things that hurt me as just kind of misguided attempts at loving me. It was like, mm-hmm. okay, I don't come from an, a loveless home. So I need to reframe some of these things. Hmm. And I saw my body for the first time as being a a home. So I have a newfound appreciation and love for my body because it was a home. And when I am comes to me, I am safety for him. So that just really changed the game. It really changed things for me. And I loved watching my body transform when I became pregnant. And it you you just never change as fast as you do. You know, like there's like that kind of toddler years where like every day you see like a newborn baby go from, you know, this tiny little riglet into like this kind of chubby caterpillar. Like there's a lot of transformation there, but same thing for like a pregnant woman, like her body changes so fast. And then like, if you breastfeed, like your body changes immensely. And like the flow of hormones changes you immensely. And all of those things reframed like the purpose of my body and how I could love it unconditionally. Like, yeah, it looks really weird. Yeah, I'm a mess. I'm exhausted. But this miraculous thing, this body is nourishment at home and safety. And yeah, um, that's that that journey. But I think if I step back and look like holistically at the effect that the figure and body has on on my art as a creative person, I've, I'm interested in the kind of twisty, melding, biomorphic potential of our bodies that we can like, that sometimes we look like liquid and sometimes we're like, you know, um, beautiful sculptural totemic things, these mountains. And then the, there's always like a playfulness with my figure art as well. Like I like to have like puns or kind of funny things in there as well. That's an amazing, um, it was amazing to hear you talk about that journey. And I just want to like take a minute to thank you for sharing that because that's not easy. Like that whole, like um, all those things you kind of had to rewrite and rewire that I know you're still working on. Um, It's hard to do in the face of our culture and our society that is older than us. And um, I think that you've kind of made waves in a very unique way. Um, I've always said it. uh, I've never seen anything quite like it the things that you do, the art that you do. Um, and also, um, if it's okay, I kind of want to throw in your Instagram page. Can I do that? Um, the wet Aquarius, wet Aquarius. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a private account for a very a good pri- reason. <laughs> it's a private account, but it's, but it's multifaceted. There's a lot to it. And um, I know for a fact it's brought, um, a lot of, uh, I think, Liberation is the word to women I know that have seen it and felt more comfortable in their own skin. And um, I was thinking about when you were talking about your journey with relationship with yourself and your body and the wounding you had and the healing you had to do as that little nine-year-old girl learning to like love bodies and looking at bodies and drawing dancers. 
um, dancing in itself has a lot of body shaming in it. And that like longing to like maybe be that body or like to draw that and be a part of that. And like, it's so exclusive. (laughs) Um, You know what I mean? Like, I think that that was also probably painful for you as a creative person. And I really feel like what you did. That's kind of one of the things that's great about art is that, okay, I might not look like that, but I can draw it. And then then rewrite it and be a part of it too. Time stops. There's nothing else that matters when you're drawing. Yeah. At least for me. Yeah. But then jump ahead and taking it back. I mean, I'm looking at your art as I'm talking to you and I've seen you make your art for years. And now I'm looking at, you know, the newest things you've done with your What Aquarius page. And I think you've rewritten the book and I see that same level yeah, of energy that was the and love. That was yeah, definitely. That energy and love that you wanted and you're embodying it yes. and you're taking it back. And that is yes. a very empowering thing, especially for young women who might yeah. be going through the same thing you were going through. Oh, I mean, it's, it's definitely the case that um, Google and the kind of uh, larger collective of imagery and libraries out there are still absolutely skewed against um, large bodies. Uh, yeah. Do not use Google search when you are looking for full-figured, beautiful bodies. No. Um, but the great thing is that, you know, hashtag body positive or um, full-figured or um, even just like fat is beautiful. There are so many ways that you can start to rewire your um, kind of subconscious um, judiciary reckoning. So for me, I just needed to see more of things that made me feel familiar and comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just like very subtly started to unfollow people that were kind of glorifying a body type that made me feel bad about mine. Mm. Um, and just started to focus on creatives that were using their body as a way to express this message you know um mm-hmm. and i i think that for me what aquarius has been a really awesome way for me to see myself um in a more positive way for me to contribute to those kind of the bank of positive imagery but yeah. also it allows me to kind of um summarize some of my passions. So I get to use, you know, short form poetry as well. Well, also, um, one of the things I did not know that I just learned talking to you is your, that passion for performance, which really breaks my heart. And I feel like a little bit you're doing that in this account. I feel like there is a bit of performance in it. And um, because it's sometimes you are like, oh, yeah, once speaking. an actor, always an actor. Yeah, sometimes you're <laughs> speaking, sometimes you're kind of becoming a character, sometimes you do a photo shoot, like you're kind yeah. of doing it. And that is, you know, jumping off of our last, you know, episode about social media, like, you know, um, something really cool about it, which is you can add to the collective consciousness, the collective conversation. And totally. Uh, and hopefully it's other very empowering. Kind of, you don't need yeah. permission. No. Um, what are some like landmarks from that project? How long have you been doing what Aquarius? Like how long has that been going on? And what are think, some things that stand out to you about what you've made on it? I think a little bit over a year. I feel like it's more than that. No. Really? Maybe. I don't know. Um, what is time? Uh <laughs> I don't know. Landmark. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind really is like my sister telling me that one of her friends um, has been really impacted by it and has mm-hmm. contributed like really positively to her own healing journey. Just wow. hearing hearing that 
A, from my sister. Right. And then B, just knowing that, um, that I made it, that I made a positive impact on somebody. That's, uh, pretty awesome. Pretty powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything that like challenging that's come up doing that project that you feel like? Um, when I first started, it was a public account and I was flooded with misogynistic, disgusting, predatory, um, private messages. So I made it private. Really? Yeah. I didn't, you didn't tell me about that. Okay. Yeah. So that's a constant reminder of the toxicity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're this assumption that there's, you know, that you're entitled to access anyone at any time because the internet says so. Yeah, it's true. And there's like, there's decorum. There's, there's still social kindness that you should um, uphold. In my opinion, there should be some basic human decency applied to all situations, even in the faceless world of the internet. And, you know, this kind of like persistence that men can just like come in and say, you're hot. Show me more. I'm like, I know it's a numbers game. I know they are just trying this on everyone until they get what they want. But that is just so sad to me. It's so disgusting. And I'm like, instead of fighting back, instead of whatever it is, I'm like, I'm actually just not going to participate in this. I'm making my page private. And I know that that means that I that I'm not contributing to collective conscious except for the small group of people that I've allowed into that realm. Yeah. I mean, you kind of have to. You have to set your boundaries. Have you ever had any kind of darker things from women? Just out of curiosity, or is it mostly men? Um, not directly linked to my page, but I have shared myself too freely to some mm-hmm. women before, and um, especially in the kind of tantric wellness world, there's this mm-hmm. sense of like, oh, well, like if you're not going to share with us, if you're not going to be like totally have no boundaries, then that's like, there's something wrong with you. Like you're wounded and like the sense of, um, yeah, women can be absolutely equally predatory and disgusting and misogynistic. Yeah. Yeah. So with that in mind, um, and thinking about, you know, as healing comes in cycles, circles, you know, circular, do you feel now, um, after going through all the things you have and as you approach your 40th, when these things kind of happen, do you feel a little less affected or do you feel stronger in the wake of it? Do you feel um, because you've kind of taken some of your power back that it takes the edge off or does it still hit you hard every time? Every time what? Like someone comes at you with something predatory or something disrespectful or. Oh, it doesn't. It, it hasn't happened in a very long time. Good. Because you um, kind of set that boundary immediately. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I think I'm just practiced at going, no, 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 no. And I don't even, I'm not conscious of it anymore. If I see something gross, it's like water if a duck's back. I'm like, no. Mm-mm. I love it. So with that kind of taken care of and you're going forward with this little project you've been doing, do you have like plans for the future for it or you just kind of let it flow as you go? Like, do you have kind of like visions for the future for your Instagram account? Things you want to try that you haven't yet? No. Yeah, I'm not really um, much of a planner. Mm -hmm. Um, My creative zone works out of gut instinct. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. 
Yeah. So surprises await. P- potentially. <laughs> but I'm I'm <laughs> pretty I feel pretty lackluster about Instagram these days. Understood. Well, let's go into the real world because you have another project going on. Yeah. Um, you uh, have been doing figure drawing. You have been in New Zealand. You have been both teaching it and modeling, correct? Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell us about that? Uh, yes. So um, it. I think it all started with Rosa Rowan. Um, she has also been on a very similar path to us in art school as a figure model. Mm. Um, and then we both became mothers at the same time. And I remember potentially the first time that she ever went out in the evening as, you know, like a new mother, like her first outing was to be part of a uh, very large figure drawing class um, Mm. outside in kind of like the, um, we call it the viaduct area. It's like that part of town where it's like the port and everything. And there's like these very cool kind of art happenings. And she was a figure drawing class and she was a figure drawing model for this session. And she had like flowers and props everywhere. And it was activating for me. And then flash forward to um, when she got her studio, the Peach Palace, we, you know, I was thinking of all the things that it could be in terms of like a portal of creative potential and was like, we have to do figure drawing classes and, you know, working with her to create a figure drawing class unlike any other has been one of the shining (laughs) one of the best things that I'm in terms of like the portfolio of my life's accomplishments, this is up there as a top success. So what makes it different? Well, uh, I run a very introspective session. So some figure drawing classes, there will just be models and maybe music, maybe it's thematic, you know, there's Dr. Sketchy. Those are like all over the world. Um, but there's not a lot of instruction and there's not a lot of inquiry. Um, the one thing I don't have is a critique at the end. I'm not a fan of critiques. I can see how they can be helpful, but it, my the premise of my sessions are we're going to go inwards and there's going to be a lot of self-inquiry. There's going to be a lot of expansive concepts. I'm going to prompt you to think about not just the artistic approach, but what it means to be looking, what it means to be within the theme. So I have themes for every class. And so there's like a little bit of channeling. There's a little bit of magic and healing. Um, I'm, it's a space where you can be held. So you're not alone. You don't come in here and just feel, I mean, I can't guarantee that you're going to feel held because I think that when you're challenging challenging yourself artistically, you can feel bad about the output. But I try to stress the fact that this is about process, not product, and that mm-hmm. um, don't look at other people's work. Don't look at your work negatively. Know that you're here as a nourishing experience to be in a creative space with the container of it being around observation and body. But what you come out with is not as important as the experience. And so I curate a playlist, I curate the poses, I curate the message. And in some cases, we're coming to the table as models to heal. 
So we're using the poses and the props and the impetus and the opportunity to heal, especially just the thing that's great about modeling, figure drawing, or figure being a model for figure drawing is that it's not about you anymore. Like so much of wounding comes from like me, me, me. But when you're a figure model, it's not, it's not Rudo anymore. It's not about me personally. I'm being seen, but it's bigger than me. And what I'm doing for other people has nothing to do with my personal journey. It's suddenly a collective journey. And that's really important to me. That sense of like the, the totality is more important than that one individual story. Wow. Um, it sounds like you took like the just basic like figure drawing structure and made it about your soul and spirit and not just the act of drawing, which yes. we're always, but you've made it visible. Like, I think that's always the way it is. Like those experiences we talked about when we were young and modeling and things that was already there, but you're making it obvious and you're making it about that. I think yeah. that's um, deconstructing. I think that's brilliant. I've never heard of, I wish I could go to one. That's amazing. I mean, one day you're setting, <laughs> you're setting, you're setting an environment up that like it, whenever I see images of it, it just seems so lush and like, luxurious seems like a Peach whole palace is pretty special it's definitely a portal for the divine feminine do you like serve food and have smell like nice scents and stuff when you do your sessions as well you know it yeah <laughs> that's so great that's like the most luxurious um experience do you just out of curiosity do you ever have men show up or is it mostly women yeah yeah we've cool. had men cool that's great i love it mm-hmm. and do is it just you and rose modeling or do other people model as well we have recently been expanding to invite people to model. And so a friend um, chose to kind of um, use the opportunity to model as like a catalyst for her own self-love journey. Hmm. You know, that that act of being seen is really potent. It is. That's what I got out of it when I've modeled. Um and then I was also really curious, can you give me an example of one or two themes you've done? Because I, when you said themes, I was like, what are they? <laughs> like, what were um, some of them? My themes uh, have been self-love, archetypes, and mm-hmm. this one coming up is about beauty standards. Wow. So within the archetypes, I like literally had a small discourse about each archetype before like during the pose before the pose i had music that um spoke to that archetype so um, wow. child mother uh, mystic siren wow <laughs> um yeah and, and you then, were doing the poses you were posing with those different archetypes some yeah. were rose and okay. some were me um yeah, we just kind of traded off what we were going to do. And we did the mystic together. So um, that was like a really special double pose where we sat in this kind of like power pose, like our legs kind of, we sat on the bed. And so our kind of legs were like planted really firmly. And we held um, a rose quartz crystal sphere between both of our hands. Wow. Yeah. So you kind of come up with the poses and like that go with the images and the thoughts in your head that you're trying to convey. Yes. Really? Yeah. This next that's one's going to have more props and that's cool. Oh, cool. And really cool. Because I think one thing that's really cool about beauty standards is that it is incredibly open, you know, yeah. fat, skinny, 
misshapen, um, whatever thing your package comes in, the standard of beauty is yours to create. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of really fun imaginings. Um, a lot more models this time around. That's uh, it's going to be a surprise. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a really amazing project you've cultivated that's growing that's like kind of interesting seeing it growing out of all of these the roots of this experience yeah that's, even... i really appreciated that you called me an educator because for me a good teacher provides a good opportunity a good learning environment and a good learning process but there's so much that goes into that there's so much thought and planning and curation and um you know like in school, you get, you know, reviews, projects, essays, and then the grading process. So the teacher, like reading your thoughts and responding back to you and like you kind of learning and prompting more because of that, the follow-up. I do all of that. I try to recreate that. So, you know, at the end of the sessions, I, I, you know, remind people to consider the wider world, like walk around and observe, like you have these eyes and this consciousness, you know, and I, I learned that from art school, like question everything. <laughs> Look at everything as a design choice. And then I have these follow-up emails that I write and to like review what we've learned oh, and wow. observed and then supplementary resources. And I always share the playlist. Um, so there's actually an opportunity for me to delve into every single thing that I love within that. Wow. That sounds like such a rich experience. And it's the best. <laughs> are, are you like, I mean, how many times a week is this class a week? I wasn't uh, sure. I didn't know. Oh God, no, 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 no. I mean, this is this is a um, like a monthly. Not even that. Okay. Yeah. Like I think last year, twenty twenty two, we might have had four or three, maybe four a year. Wow, it's a lot, and it, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't pay you back financially, right? right. Um, and it's an entire day, so. It's an uh, entire day. Well. Oh, wow. In the sense of you're prepping. The planning, yeah. And then you're done. You got to clean up. And like, you, it's not like I would do anything else that day. I would never try to stack in anything else yeah, on that on like those a, days. Sounds like a, an experience you're creating. Yeah. And so. And I mean, our price point is is higher than the average figure drawing class well, that you yeah. go to. But at the same time, it's nowhere near paying for the energy we put in right Except if you if you just look at it for dollar for dollar for money yeah no but there's obviously like other types of payback that aren't um financial it's just that you know my girl rosa is you know a, a solo business owner <laughs> i would very much like for this to be very financially abundant for her yeah and for you i mean if y'all have any ideas. <laughs> I mean, I have so many, I'm getting so many ideas just thinking about that. It sounds like a retreat, you know, a unique artistic, like introspective retreat. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And so the other thing I wanted to like kind of ask you about was you kind of recently had a show on the figure there. Yeah. That same space. Right. And um, I think you said you wanted to do more, right? You're potentially yeah. doing another could you speak about that show and how it went and then what your kind of visions are going forward I loved preparing for that show I loved that I challenged myself to consider why I hadn't done any self-portraits outside of art school why I never wanted to draw myself um 
so it was, there was like deep reckoning with that, um, exhibition. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved that. I tried every single different texture, tactile approach. I, I it was just a cornucopia of different approaches to the figure. <laughs> um, yeah. the thing that is on my mind still about it is that I'm still kind of getting in my own way. So I didn't advertise it for it much. I didn't kind of allow myself to be as fully uh, widely accepted as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there are things that I could have done to set myself up for a greater success. And I mm-hmm. certainly still haven't gotten through the block of creating prints. Because mm-hmm. all of the pieces that I did for that would make fantastic art prints. And in Absolutely. fact, people that did come, I mean, it was very magical. The people that did come were absolutely the people that needed to come. Yeah. Because it was a very loaded topic for me. So I, yeah, the women and men and creatives that came to that were so on my level. Right. Very, very, very mature powerhouse type people came to that. And most of the work that was being shown, they were like, I would like a copy of that. I would like a copy of that. And I still haven't released Rudo. anything. It's time. It is time. <laughs> yeah. Getting in my own way still around that topic. I don't know what, what's up. Um, it deserves a lot more than I've mm-hmm. given it in terms of visibility. What do you think is stopping you if you feel like sharing? Honestly, I think that I'm I'm on to one project and then on to the next, which is mm-hmm. one thing. So having um, a little bit more enablement from others would be great. Um, but then obviously there are stylistic blocks. I mean, you and I have talked about that with your work, that um, working with printers uh, is a language that is not native to us. And that is very frustrating and very mm-hmm. easy to go, you know what, I'm not dealing with this right now. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, if I may, hmm. baby steps. Um, I'd say if you're going to do anything in the next few like months, get them a photographed. They are photographed. They are like professionally, like they're good for making prints. The photos yeah. are strong. Yeah, my dad. Well, then yeah. that's oh, your dad did it. That's great. So then, that was really funny actually because send those he over. Draft like a very over. pornographic one. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he knows, but um, it's art. It is. I mean, we were just talking about that. Yeah, you know, it's there's a lot put on the human body, but. It doesn't have to be what you think it is. So anyway, yeah, I mean, now, well, that's the huge step done. Now you just got to send those images over and get those prints. And I think, I mean, just from what I've experienced, I I think personally you kind of have to accept a little that they're not going to be exactly the same. Mm. And I think like you're going to have to be like, all right, it's a little bit of a different version. Mm. Um, But it's still it, you know, and. Um, I'm kind of embracing that. I think that's what's happening. And I don't know if that's how you should do it, but that's how I've chosen to do it because I can't, um, I I hope this helps, but like I can't be in control of all of it. And like, even when you post something on the internet, it kind of changes a little bit. When you take a picture and you post it on there, it looks weird. It looks different, you know, than the real thing. And so it's almost like thinking of it like another medium because I agree. I think they, I've been saying this to you for years. I think they need to be out. Mm. Yeah. There's a weird, weird, perverse um, <laughs> block around uh, 
potential and receiving that I'm kind of working through. Trying to make it fun. I'm trying to make it a game to be like, I see you. I see you not wanting to put yourself out there. Hello. You want to you wanna get out of my way a little bit? <laughs> and also to, re- to reframe it, like from my perspective, from an outside perspective, you already have, like in many, many ways, you have put yourself out there in, in like with to great, you know, with great success. I mean, mm-hmm. your your account, your figure drawing class, your show that did go really well. Like it sounds like it went really well. If the one thing it hasn't done yet is making prints, I think you're, you got one little more box to check off. Yeah. So you're actually doing pretty well. <laughs> Thanks. Just reframing it. I know it's yeah, hard. Yeah, no, I don't. I, I do the same do thing. I do not you do. feel bad about myself. I really don't. Yeah. Um, I do. I'm amused at how resistant I am to do yeah. what is a tried, true, tested um, methodology for marketing. Um, yeah, <laughs> marketing and selling my work. But, yeah. you know, hey, we've talked about that as well that they're yeah. your babies and to yeah. put a dollar of value to this. It's thing. weird. Oh, yeah. It's very, very weird. I still feel weird. <laughs> but it's so kind of how we have to survive in this world. So I we kind of have to play the game. Yeah. And many artists have many different ways of handling that. Yeah. And you're finding your own way. But I think you've created some really amazing things that have changed people's lives already. So, yeah, my favorite, one of my favorite contemporary um, artists who's who's got a pretty solid name for herself is Lee Montague. Mm. And um, she didn't see... Um, abundant financial returns for her work. Um, I mean, for very good reasons. She was a recluse, but she re- he, she shot to fame in her 70s. So I think wow. a part of me has always been like, I got time. <laughs> it's a good way of looking at it. <laughs> so um, I kind of want to sum up a little bit, um, if that's something that you feel good about. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're about to be 40. Coincides you, with my next figure drawing class. Interesting. So yeah. how do you feel? Uh, what are some thoughts or things you kind of want to maybe lay the groundwork for or share as this kind of event comes up? Yeah, so I'm not scared of aging. Um, cool. I celebrate getting older. Um, I do not subscribe to like um, the idea that I'm like getting closer and closer to obsolete. Mm-hmm. I feel yep. like there's a lot of proof that you just get better and that yep. this is like the best part of your life. Um, I certainly feel like I'm more solid in my own skin. I'm more present and more powerful than ever. So there is a part of me that's just like, fuck yeah, like bring on the best era of my life. Love it. It just gets better from here. Yes, I agree. <laughs> yeah it feels um, like it feels like an opportunity for me to take um make something a big deal uh i sometimes reject or resist making something that's like typically a big deal like i'm like well i'm you know i'm not like that <laughs> but this time i'm like yeah 40 is actually a big deal and i, I can i can I buy into it. that yeah um i think it's part of that like changing the conversation or the mythology around what we believe about age and our bodies and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then I kind of wanted to throw in at the end uh, a little something you just did around the new year. You um, released kind of a little project that is in the family of your, you know, your wheelhouse of um, subjects you cover. Um, Do you want to tell us about this installation piece you did? Yeah. So as a contributing artist, I participated in OM New Year's Festival, um, AUM. I wrote a blog post about it too, um, rudoart.com forward slash AUM, OM. And the work itself is a three-sided pyramid. The shape is called a tetrahedron. And the tetrahedron is a very cool <laughs> shape to me. Um, and I like the, I love triptychs, but um, because it was a festival and kind of like an opportunity to think about, you know, sculptural interaction, you know, what does art, what does art do for the public when it's just out there in nature available for you to walk around it? So the the shape allowed for people to kind of see it as this um, symbol rather than just like, oh, that's just art. You know, it's like, what is this? And so in, in the same vein as figure drawing, it's relational. So mm-hmm. it's you relating to this solid mass of an object. And I wanted to make it big. So I um, enlisted my friend Sarah to come and help um, prime and kind of you know, be my assistant painter, which is actually really lovely. Um, I think that a lot of time people get scared that collaboration can be a clash of egos, but there was like nothing egoic about it. It was so beautiful. And she was so kind. She was like, this is your baby. Like, do you want me to be at this thing? Like there was like an artist talk and she was like, I don't need to come to that. This is yours. And I was like, darling, like you absolutely made this possible. You know, it was just, just really lovely to be able to collaborate and work with somebody and to be able to double the out- output because of that. Um, it It is about my relationship with death. So mm-hmm. if we think about bodies, they are organic material that age. <laughs> yeah. And I really um, am on a kick right now with reframing mm-hmm. what death means to me and what wow. it means for me to embody death or be better with death and loss and separation and change. And so the like two thirds of the pyramid are actually subterranean. It's soil and mycelium. Um, And I wanted that, even though it's like a psychedelic festival, I I wanted it to be like dark and broody and mysterious. I'm like, yeah, you're going to get your UV psychedelic paintings somewhere else. It's not me this year. Like, which is hilarious because if you know me, you know that like that would have been my wheelhouse as well to create like a a glowing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that was my original idea actually yeah. to make like um a fantastic fungi um rainforest mushroomy thing and then it just changed. I'm on like a therapeutic journey and that just came in. And also I was thinking about the effect of UV paint and thinking, oh, wow. if I'm trying to subscribe to sustainable art, I should probably stick with earth tones. Mm. Yeah. It, it struck me, I'll, you know, I'm going to link to all of this in our show notes, but um, it looked like it was growing out of the ground. Like those shots cool. at night, those shots at night. <laughs> 
were quite lovely and I wanted to walk around it and it was glowing at the top. And I, I did want to ask, because I didn't realize you were starting to visit this kind of conversation with death. Uh, what, tr- what triggered that? What spurred that on? When did that start? Uh, I'm working one-on-one um, with a kind of relational expert, uh, Michelle Casey. Okay. And um, yeah, I think just through some conversations we were talking about some of my emotional reactions to some things and it was like, Oh, this is about death. This is about me being really scared to lose either myself or someone else. And she was like, how is your relationship with death? And I was like, great question, Michelle. Um, (laughs) It's kind of not great, but I love it. It's sexy. It's interesting. (laughs) Um, I also hate it. (laughs) She's like, cool. You want to, you want to play with that? I'm feeling like this might, because I deal with this a lot and I've been wanting to look more into it as well. And it seems like this might be an episode. Mm. So we've talked about grief. We can also talk about death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can see that being really rich. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I just really want to congratulate you on that um, installation and uh, kind of this really cool offshoot of exploring what it means to be alive in a body and what it means to be organic material. And you kind of manifested that in this object. And, you know, right on the eve of your turning very exciting age of 40, which is just the beginning. So (laughs) I subscribe to that too. Um, Nice. So congratulations. And I'm excited to see what you do next. I know that whenever I ask, what are your plans? It's more like, We'll see. <laughs> that's the way you roll. And I'm, I like that. It's fun. It's like surprise. For sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. My plans are to get art prints um, okay. for sale. Do you think you want to do another figure show? Yeah. Perhaps? Okay. Yeah. No, it deserves to have a wider yeah. scope. With maybe prints available at that show. Exactly. And maybe large-scale tetrahedron with figures on it or something. Oh, my God. That could be cool, right? Uh, Yeah. I would love to do um, some more illuminated sculptures. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited. (laughs) Um, I feel like we're closing down. Mm -hmm. Is there anything Mm -hmm. else that you really felt like you wanted to share in this moment in your sketchbook session? Oh, I... There was one <laughs> such a great thing. <laughs> when you ask a creative, is there anything else? And like, yeah, yes, there's always something. There's else. so many things. <laughs> I know. I know. But there is. There literally is. Um, I wrote that within those sketchbooks, there was a mm-hmm. moment where I drew like a cloaked figure. And I realized that I had drawn like a Virgin Mary or a Mary Magdalene type um, uh, icon, mm. like iconic thing that I must have seen somewhere stored away mm-hmm. and it came out and I was like, what is this? It had a different temperature, a different timbre, a different yeah. energy behind it. And I remember that for me was like a turning point, a chapter in the mystic. And that, you know, if you know me at all, you know that there's like some serious goddess worship going mm-hmm. on. Yeah, you were doing so. like a series of goddesses at one point, I remember, I think. Yeah, you were doing. yeah. And when was that? Was this maybe death making its debut in your in your psyche? Like, Whoa. that was what I thought. I just got covered in hooded When you said the hooded figure, I was like, oh, there she is. She's like, hey, girl, <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> let's talk. 
Oh. You're like, I don't want to. How long ago did you, did you draw her? Was that a while ago? That was like when I was seven-ish. Seven? Yeah. Oh, that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like, there was like oh. that era of just having sketchbooks throughout my entire yeah, childhood. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Wow. And all of a sudden out came this little this lady. religious iconic thing. And I was like, where did that come from? Yeah. Well, kind of like what we keep. It's interesting. The more we talk and the more we talk to other artists like Ali, like it's energy. Something happens, the flow state and sometimes it's out of your control. Oh, yeah. Oh, it comes yeah. to you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's really cool. Well, um, with that, I think we will we will close down this little sketchbook session. Yeah, thank um, you. Thank you so much for sharing all this stuff with us, and um, we eagerly await more. Thank you uh, to our listeners for uh, hanging out with us. And in our show notes, there will be links uh, to Rudo's work, her recent installation, um, and even to her figure drawing classes for people who live near her you can at least follow on Instagram and live vicariously through that. <laughs> um, we will be back to our regularly scheduled Sunday postings uh, soon where you can expect all kinds of surprises. Oh, yeah. Um, and the music that we use for our podcast entitled Whimsical Aliens was written and performed by Alejandro Bernard from Ithaca, New York. And we'd like you to subscribe to his YouTube page and find him on Patreon and check out our show notes as always. And this project is edited and produced by Bjorn. Thank you for your support and we'll see you next time.